Welcome to the Dream Mason Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. A dream mason is a person who's brave enough to declare they have a dream and committed enough to do the work to build it. I know we all have a dream mason inside of us, and my dream for this podcast is to support us by giving us a glimpse inside the hearts and minds of leaders, creators, and innovators to help us unleash our inner dream mason, because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up, and welcome back to the Dream Mason Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. I am a Dream Mason, a performance and mindfulness coach. I work with leaders, creators, and innovators, those brave enough to build their dreams. If you're a high performer looking for an edge with a desire to expand your leadership, generate more money, more time, and feel more fulfilled, working with me will support you in making that life a reality. Now, if you haven't already, please support me and this podcast by subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes, Google Play, or YouTube. Follow me, Inspirational Alex, on Instagram, and please share this podcast with a friend. Hey, welcome back to the Dream Mason Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova, and I'm sitting here with Murray Hittery. Murray, this is, first of all, thank you for doing this. Um, I got to tell you guys how I came to know you, listen to this, I want to say, you know, this this magic that you create. Um, Probably about a year ago, a friend of mine told me that she was going to this event. And do I want to come? And I was like, this musical event in someone's apartment in LA. And (laughs) I trusted her in the sense of she's up to cool things. And I went, sure, I'll, I'll go. And so we show up to this apartment. It's this beautiful loft in Century City. And I find out that this man is going to play the piano and not something I normally would have, but I was all about getting out of my comfort zone. And the experience I had that night was like mind blowing. You, and I'm going to have you explain it, but in short, I mean, you sat down at a piano and you created music on the spot and you gave people the freedom to connect, express themselves, be with each other in whatever way they wanted. And you called this performance that you do mind travel. Right. And I I don't know, I I mean, everyone had a different experience because we talked about it after, but for me it was spiritual. And from lying on the ground right next to your piano and feeling it to standing over your shoulder and watching you, I mean, where can you do that? Yeah. I was just totally taken aback. It it changed the way I think I relate to music. Mm. I use your music now when I'm writing it. I think I told you this, but it, it creates a space that it feels like my mind just opens and I'm undistracted yet distracted where I can produce and create. Um, I've now done your silent hike. I've done uh, your events at the beach or at a bay. Mm -hmm. And every time it's unique, every time I've actually gone, I think with somebody different, Mm. everybody's mind is blown. Mm. Um, It's really a gift what you're creating. Um, And I know that you're, you're creating mind travel all over the world. Can you just, you know, besides being a composer and somebody who's, you've composed music all over and you're doing mind travel all over, what do people need to know about you to really get like who you mm. are? Mm. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. This is great to be in conversation 
with you about something that's near and dear to my heart, of course, my, uh, what I do, my love, my passion, um, which is now in the form of mind travel, this musical journey that I take people on. And, and really what's, what's so interesting is that I've been doing this for years on my own, mm. in my own home, <laughs> with my own piano, without any audience. And after doing that for years as my own practice, and you called it a spiritual experience that you had, and many have, many will share that, uh, it really has been a spiritual practice for me. It has been my core spiritual practice um, for many, many years since I was a teenager. And uh, you know, I grew up Orthodox Jewish in the heart of Brooklyn. And while I love the values and the culture and, you know, the, a lot of the, that upbringing that I had with it, it didn't speak to me spiritually in the way that fulfilled me at the time. Sure. And so I set out my exploration into the realms of Eastern philosophy, Zen Buddhism, and so many different areas and influences. And I also was playing piano, Western classical music. So those two worlds started to talk to each other. Those two worlds came together. This Western classical music with Eastern philosophical ideas, spiritual ideas, mystical ideas that fascinated me, captivated me. I spent time living in Zen Buddhist monasteries, traveled the world on that kind of spiritual quest. And so once those two fused together, it started to create this musical language that evolved for me over the course of many, many, many years. And so doing this on my own in my home something that transformed me sitting at the piano and exploring the subconscious, exploring my emotions, giving it a space where the music allows my emotions to come out. And I think that's really a key to the experience is creating the space and the time that we set aside for whatever's going on with us yeah. to come to the surface and open up and be released. And I think that's a big big key part to the experience for me and for many for many others you described it and it's it was i think you've done this almost every time but i'm not sure you use a leaf analogy oh the leaf in the and, river yeah yeah and and i want actually we talked about this like actually giving people a little experience like yeah. a little taste of what you do because i don't think you can even comprehend like that you just make something up on the spot right and kind of go I remember you describing it as like going with kind of the energy. Yeah. But use the leaf analogy. Yeah. That it's, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. So I, 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 I think about kind of that first note that I play of dropping a leaf into a river, right? But take that simple action. And then what happens to that leaf once it's in the river? Well, it depends. Sometimes the river is calm, right? The waters are nice and calm. So the leaf kind of just moves along calmly. And that is a metaphor for the calm times of life. Sometimes the waters are more turbulent, right? You have these rapids and these big, you know, movements in the water. And so the leaf is getting tossed and pummeled. And we all have experienced those times <laughs> in our life, certainly, right? High stress, high anxiety, just a lot of stuff going on. We feel like we're being tossed around. Sometimes there's obstacles. There's big rocks in the way. The leaf's got to go around it. It gets stuck. There's whirlpools. There's eddies. There's, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that um, encounter the leaf on its journey. But the, but the leaf always finds its way down the river. You know, and the river is this great potent metaphor for the journey of life, right? You have the past, present, and future. All of time is before you. And, uh, and it winds in all kinds of unpredictable directions. But eventually, the leaf 
finds its way, like all rivers, to merge with the great ocean. All rivers merge with the ocean. That's just the way it works. And so, and, and at the end of our lives, we also, right, metaphorically merge with the great ocean from a cosmic kind of consciousness point of view. So we're all on the same journey, albeit in our own different, unique way. I love that. Thanks for sharing yeah, again. Yeah. Uh, before we kind of get a taste of mind travel, where are the... What are the kind of biggest, most fun, most exciting places you've actually performed this or shared your work? So, you know, in the beginning, it all started actually in my living room um, at this piano. And I just invited 30, 40 friends to just come taste what I do on my own. And I just want to share it, see what you guys think. And the, <laughs> the response was so unexpected. I mean, I thought people would find it kind of maybe, you know, maybe cool and, you know, interesting, a little avant-garde, a little different. Um, because the format is so different, right? Mm -hmm. As you mentioned, I mean, it's a, it's a continuous, you know, almost hour long experience, nonstop uninterrupted from first note to last note. Typically you go to a concert, right? And it's like a three minute piece, a five minute piece, an eight minute piece, a three, you know, and it stops and starts here. The idea is to open up the mind, to open up the heart. So if I keep stopping and playing another piece and stopping and playing another piece, I'm interrupting that flow of the flower blossoming, right? Mm -hmm. Of your mind and of your heart opening up. So I do this long format, and, and I no one leaves either. No one gets up and leaves. No one leaves. <laughs> no one. People are not even checking their phone unless they kind of want to sneak a picture or yeah. like for an Instagram moment. Of course, we <laughs> we have those. But but you know, in in such a distracted, a digitally distracted, ADD like you know world, um, it's just it was very counterintuitive uh, for me to see how many people were not only open but ready for that longer form experience to drop in for an hour, which by the way, goes by like in 10 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we've all, we've all experienced it. I, you know, I played last night on the beaches of Santa Barbara and all of a sudden I checked the time and I'm playing for an hour. It felt like 15 minutes. So there's this opportunity for time to dilate in so many unique ways as, as the experience goes, once you get lost in, in that. In that. Um, but in terms of like epic places, there's a reason for that. Um, once, I, once it kind of grew out of my, uh, my own living room, I said, this is all about transporting people. And not just transporting them in their minds with their eyes closed, but in physical world with their eyes open as well. So I was like, well, what are the kind of places we can do that in that are just gonna completely create expansiveness, mm -hmm. right? Just the setting itself will do half the work for me, right? It's like I'm in partnership with the setting. And my first idea was the Santa Monica Pier, the Santa Monica Beach, sitting on the sand by the ocean, having the inspiration of the ocean, which yeah. informs so much of my music. Like I take direct, um, like I plagiarize nature. Like I totally, I like if, if nature had like a lawyer, they would sue me. I'm like, I'm like, what does the ocean sound like? You know, and I just try to play that. You know, what do rivers sound like? What do mountains sound like? What does the wind sound like? And I just try to represent that in the music. And so um, just getting people there, right, to the front row of nature mm -hmm. is to me so critical. Um, and so Santa Monica Beach, Central Park, Chrissy Field in uh, San Francisco, uh, the beaches of San Diego, the beaches of Santa Barbara, uh, and then really kind of crazy places like the Playa Desert in Burning Man, right, at the temple, the most sacred place at Burning Man um, for thousands of people who are coming to the temple for contemplation, for reflection, and 
we provide that experience for them, you know, out in this very extreme landscape. Um, and we've done it in kind of epic places like the King Solomon's um, tunnels under the old city of Jerusalem. These are the quarries where he dug the, the stone for the great temple mm-hmm. 2,000 years ago. And so we set up in the caves a piano and had an experience there. Um, we've done it on you know, boats, sailboats, um, all moored together, looking at the stars, um, and just very, very beautiful, expansive uh, places. So we'll continue and con- yeah. you know, continue to do that. And then part of what allows us to do that is the, is the technology that we employ in the experience. It's not just a piano um, when we go outdoors, but, of course, we use those signature mind travel headphones. Well, it's, and it's not this piano, right? You're not, it's not this piano. You're not, I, this, you're not this, lugging around. Eh? This baby doesn't go anywhere. This is, my, this is my piano that stays here, and I, you know, I, come, I come home to her every night. And, I mean, you just shared with me, you built the piano. Like, you built right. a piano that you could put on the beach, that yeah. you could take to different places. What it's funny because I'm looking at you have a piece of art on the wall behind you. I don't know if you made that. I know you said you oh, made yeah, it. Yeah. But it says create. And yeah. as you were speaking, the thing I was getting is like, man, he just everything is about creation. Yeah. It's the from the settings and, and somebody else may have created the setting. Yeah. But you create it not only are you creating the music and the environment, but you like partner with the environments and the settings to create Completely. something totally new. The fact that you're doing this on a boat, I didn't know that. Yeah. And now you're doing it, I haven't had got to have this experience yet, but in water. Yeah, the underwater is experience. a whole new thing. Yeah. Well, you wanna you wanna give do you wanna yeah, give yeah. us a little taste so people that aren't familiar can can really understand what we're doing? Yeah, and so you know, again, typically these are you know hour-long experiences. We'll do a few minutes. Um, and the idea is to just kind of kind of close your eyes and see where the music takes you. This is all about opening up and allowing and deep listening. And it's not about trying to do anything. It's just about kind of being with it. Um, and when I approach the piano, that's really my, my personal aspiration is, how do I get out of my own way, right? As the, as the pianist, as the composer. It's like, how do I just kind of push away you know, all the distractions and just be with the notes, be with them one after another. And so let's do that for a few minutes and we can talk about okay. it. Okay. You, you, when you're, when you're done, you okay. tell me. Well. <laughs>
Thank you. I, for, I didn't mention to you earlier, I, I always get colors. You do. I always get you colors. You have a synesthetic close, experience with it. I close my eyes, I always get colors. And, um, and what's interesting is it doesn't take long to drop in, right? I mean, I mean that was, I don't know, two, three minutes, I think, something like that. And, and once you're in the river, you can just, you just see where it goes. And um, the mind wants to open up. You know, the emotions want to come up. The emotions want to come out. They just need an excuse to do it. And we were walking around all day. Like, I feel so different right now. No, it shifts like, the you know, I mean, yeah. like, It just shifts the energy. We just, it, it, it just it breaks down that wall that we all carry in front of us. And not, not even as a bad thing. It's just, it's just there. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's just there from a evolutionary point of view you know it's just there to protect us and just to to make sure we survive to the end of the day you know and um once it we're able to tear it down a little bit and just lower it there's a softness behind there and in that softness and that gentleness we can really explore relationship and when i say explore relationship like i really mean explore all kinds of relationships with everyone and everything, right? Relationship, not just with the person you're with, but with everything around you. Relationship with your home, if you're sitting in your home, with the art on the wall, relationship with, with objects. With yourself. I mean, I know when, relationship when, with yourself. I'm, when I'm sitting, there's, a, there's the, the first moments, like, what do, you, what do I do with my hands? What do I, right. am I going to focus on my breath? And right. then all of a sudden, if you let go, yeah. and it's just like, hey, it's all, it's all fine, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. Just, just, just be right. though. Stop doing anything. Right, and it's like, and it's, it's where it's taking place from. Where, where is the observation taking place from? Um, typically, if it's, if it's, if we're out in our busy days, our awareness is happening at very surface level of our, you know, constant thinking mind, right? But there's, if we really start to observe, there's a, there's a, there's a something behind that which is observing even that. Mm -hmm. And once we're in tune with that part of ourselves, that higher self, if, we, if you will, if, uh, lack of a better word, there's something observing all of it at a meta level, even the th little thoughts we have and the fears and the insecurities and you know, all that stuff. But once that comes down and we can just sit in that space, right? we were talking about just kind of being with, right? just, mm -hmm. just being with that presence, so it's my aspiration that this music provides kind of the space, creates the space for that being to emerge, to create presence, right? Presence is not just um, some quiet time or whatever. It's, it's a real feeling that gets created purposefully. And, you know, that's, that's the idea behind this, is to create that presence so that real magic can happen from there. The there's so many things like there's so many things we've talked about and that I want that I yeah. want to talk about. I want to share because it's still the thing that blows me the most away, and and I've shared it with you. But um, the piece that got me the first time, and still to this, just I was like, wait, he's just going to do it right now, <laughs> is that you you create something new every single time. That's the intention, mm -hmm. and 
there's no real, I mean, there might be some fear of you might mess up, but I mean, who would know anyway, cause you're making it up, but that you, that if all of us were actually willing to put aside all of our fears, our judgments, yeah. our insecurities and try a new thing, let's just say once a week, once a year, once a day yeah. or all the time, mm-hmm. the magic that could be created in the world. And you actually do that for a living, right? You new every time. So what, there's something unique about you that, whether it be something you've practiced or created, that actually allows you to do that. Mm -hmm. Good good question. Speak to it. Good question. Well, first let's talk about the the real value of that. So, so what I do is purposefully, you know, I I mean, I've obviously I've created this experience, but I say it's a personal exercise for me. It's a personal practice because it is that it's, it's that I'm sitting down and yes, I have a musical language that I express in, in the same way that we express in our fluent spoken language, right? In English and whatever our language is. Um, we so mess that up all the time. We certainly do <laughs> mess that up all the time. Absolutely right. Um, very good point. Uh, so to me, there's an excitement about sitting down and seeing where it can go. Now, I'm not the same person sitting down every you know, night for a concert. Um, I mean, I'm the same human being, but I'm a, I'm a different, there's different stuff going on for me, right? Something as simple as a conversation I could have had that day that kind of bugged me, um, or something bigger going on in my life from day to day. So if the idea is to get those emotions out into this, from the, you know, from inside out, then, then that needs to sound different. I can't use the same medicine right? For a different set of symptoms. Mm-hmm. I just, I need to match it. So that's really at the core of why it is the way it is. And so then it's about, okay, how do I confront that fear of what, what am I going to play? Where do I start? What do I, what, what's, <laughs> what if I kind of just get in the wrong key and get, you know, and so that's about pushing those boundaries, pushing to the edge. And I just have come to learn from looking at examples of others who have done great things in the world. No, no great things happen in the comfort zone. I, I've never seen it. Um, if you're an athlete, if you're an Olympic skier, you have to be so far over on your edges. I like skiing, so I think about that example. You got to be so far over on the. If you're if you're flat on your skis, like most of us ski, <laughs> like you'll have fun, but you're yeah. not going to break records, sure. right? Yeah, yeah. You got to be on those blades, on the on the metal, on the on the edges, mm-hmm. and that's where you fall. That's where it easily slips. So they have to find that that micro moment. But that's how records are broken. They're never going to do it on the flats of their skis. Yeah. And life is the same way. Yes, we can be very comfortable kind of cruising around, but we're not going to be kind of creating yeah. something new, breaking, breaking records in that way. I, I always think, too, like if, if it was within our comfort zone, yeah. we would have already done it. Sure. Yeah. If we would have already done it, we would have already become accustomed to it. The fact that we haven't yeah. is just that what, right. is what puts us outside. Right. And it's not just in... in like physical accomplishment. Mm-hmm. It's not really about that. Like we use sports a lot of times in these metaphors uh, and that's about physical accomplishment, but it's all about our comfort zone, even emotionally, right. And yeah. spiritually, it's like, what conversation can you just not have? Is it not in your comfort zone? Yeah. Right. Certain conversations are in a comfort zone, many conversations, right. About how we really feel about someone, yeah. about the impact they have on us, about what they mean in our lives, about how we feel are not in our comfort zone and we never say it. And these, and these are basic human, like if we like, just go happiness, sadness, and anger, right? 
some uh, like I don't. Some of us do sadness really well. Some yeah. of us do anger really well. Right. Some of us don't do either and fake right. joy all the time. Right. And some right. of us can't do joy. And those right. are the most basic. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I don't know if you remember that Disney movie Inside Out the, yeah. with the, with the characters like mm-hmm. in the mind of the girl and, and and they're each represented by joy, right? Anger, fear, and sadness. And yeah. it was just it was just amazing because it was this amazing metaphor for all these parts of ourselves, but they all need expression, mm-hmm. right? We can't ignore some in the, for the for the comfort of the others. Yeah. And and this work is about embracing all of those and giving them voice, giving them expression outside of us. And at, at the core of the, of, the, of the kind of philosophy of this work is if we get them outside of ourselves, we, can, we push through it. Mm-hmm. We work through it. Otherwise, it's repressed. And what's the consequence of repression? If we repress emotions, if we press, repress trauma, if we repress you know, these things that have affected us, then they stay with us and they turn into everything from physical tightness, contortion to disease potentially, to just being shut down and not being fully self-expressed. And if we're more fully self-expressed and we're doing the things we wanna do, we're saying the things we truly wanna say to the people around us, then we're more fulfilled, we're more joyful, um, and we're contributing to the world and we're making a difference in the world in our own way. And then we're affecting others to make a difference in their way, inspiring them to then be self-expressed. So, you know, I mean, I, you know, I approached this having grown up as a super shy kid. It's not like I was some like, like super self-expressed prodigy. Like I was a non self-expressed kid. Um, I just was very internal. Yeah. I was the kid who stared out the window. I was the kid who, I mean, there's a story of me um, not getting off at the, at the bus stop because I was just daydreaming outside the bus window. And the next thing I know, I end up in the bus terminal. Um, and I didn't let the bus driver know I was even on the bus. I was just looking out the window. I would think I was like <laughs> this five. Is, this is how you understood what nature sounded like. You <laughs> right. were paying attention. I was just yeah, observing yeah. it all. And, you know, so I, I get that frame of being someone who had a very internal world. Um, and then it was through music. You know, I played since I was six years old. So it was through music that I found a voice for what I was feeling that didn't have words so easily for me. And music was a, a much uh, more conducive language for me. And then that's, I knew in high school I wanted to be a composer and because and, I had my own thing to say. How does somebody who can't do this, right? We're not all going to... Right. Go, you know, start playing piano spontaneously. Right. Um, but how, do, how would you, like, how does somebody push past fear that doesn't have this as, you know, mm-hmm. like how do people get on the edge of their skis or right. say yes to do the thing that scares them, mm-hmm. whether it be emotionally, physically, whatever? So uh, that comes up for all of us, right? And certainly it has for me. And I asked myself a question one day, and the answer to that question is what is what did it for me. I said, what is the consequence of screwing up? What's the consequence? What happens? So what happens? What happens? What's the consequence of it going wrong? And typically, if you answer that question, not very much. The consequence is usually like you feeling something weird that most people are not even feeling, by the way. Yeah. You know, if you're actually willing to get up there on a stage. I mean, this is for a performance. Most people are not actually performing something. Yeah. But okay, if you're, if you're really putting yourself out there, whether it's public speaking, why is public speaking the number one fear? 
yeah. that people have. To your point, that's our language. It's, it's the thing bizarre. That we, yeah. You're fluent in your language, and you have good <laughs> ideas, obviously. So what, what's going on? Yeah. And it's this idea of, of I'm going to embarrass myself. I'm going uh, to look stupid. I'm going to look mm. foolish. I'm not going to look good. Right? We're obsessed with looking good. I'm saying looking good, not just physically, yeah. but the impression we have. Perceived. But if you're actually getting up there and taking people on this, you know, on an experience, the audience gives you so much latitude because they want to be taken. Mm-hmm. You see, that's the thing. They want to go. Yeah. So sometimes if I even, you know, he hit a wrong note, it makes it human enough to be like, ah, okay, this guy's human. He's in there. He's pushing, he's pushing that envelope. When you, when you watch that skier and, and they, they go off for a second, you're like, you root for them. You're like, no, get back out, get back out. You know, it's yeah. so, and, 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 and if the skier falls, okay, obviously, you, you know, you don't want them to be injured, but if they fall, they get back up and they continue down. No, most people are not doing anything life-threatening, yeah, right, in yeah. their in their. Well, we, in their talk, and we, we talked about like rational versus irrational fears, right? Yeah. Like we're not saying, hey, let's just jump off this balcony yeah. to see how it goes right. because we're afraid. Well, we could, we could. We could, <laughs> but it doesn't make any sense. No, no. But if, if there's something, you know, like that we wanted to actually do that isn't yeah. a life and death yeah. situation, where so many of us are stopped. I I actually just heard, you're reminding me, it was just the other day I was listening to, Kobe Bryant was on a podcast. And he's talking about, this was on the the School of Greatness podcast, and he's talking about failure and how those are actually our greatest opportunities Mm -hmm. for growth. Mm -hmm. That you don't watch the video when you won the championship. Yeah. That you sit in there, and he was talking about how he watched the, the year the Lakers lost to the Celtics. Because that's the video that has him grow and improve. Right. Whereas, and most people, it's the thing that we shy away from. Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch when I embarrass myself on stage or when I hit the wrong right, note. Right, right, right. I just hear that same concept. And so if we really think about the consequence and we look at it more as a game, yeah. I mean, everything's really a game. Mm-hmm. We're playing out <laughs> this game, right? We're born, we die, and in between is this grand, beautiful game that we're playing. And... And so if you approach it that way and not take it so seriously and realize that everything is about this self-protection, mm-hmm. that, and that's, I mean, in other words, that's where we're coming from, which is causing these fears, these irrational fears that mm-hmm. you mentioned. It's all about this self-preservation, looking good and positioning. And if we just let that go, let it melt away, we become more open, more vulnerable, and more relatable. Yeah. And, then, and then you'll, and then in that, in that, that creates the opportunity for deeper connection. Mm-hmm. So there's real magic with that. And, you know, people ask me, you know, why didn't you do this mind travel performances when you were like in your 20s? You know, I'm not in my 20s, by the way. Uh, I know I look it, but <laughs> so uh, and I was like, you know, it's a good question. Of course, I thought about it then, but I don't think I had this conversation yeah. then. Right. Yeah. About like get up there and be able to open up and risk it all yeah. and push the edges and explore the boundaries and be willing to make a mistake. I just, I think I was too... This is also what makes it so unique and special is you have the conversation after the performance, right. but also just that you're having this conversation. Right. I see it as it adds a layer to actually what you're creating. Yeah. So, and, and it adds a layer to the experience you're creating, not just the music. Yeah. Yeah, we're giving people that context for it. What's the thing... Because you, you have a clear grasp on like what stops us. Mm-hmm. And you, you speak to, you know, this is what I do all day right. as a coach. But you, you talk about life as if you were a coach. But what, what are the things that you are, like where do you get stopped? Where right. are you like, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to put right. myself out there. Right. 
Um, that's a good question. These days, it's really about really pushing hard on those boundaries. I mean, there's a there's a athleticism to the piano playing, you know, physical aspect of it that I really do try to push. I think, you know, in, in certain times I might hold back. And so I always am trying to be aware of that. And I always listen to my recordings after um, because when I'm in it, I, I sometimes I don't even remember what I'm doing because I'm it's just happening so fast. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm so present with it. So sometimes I'll listen, you know, a day or two later to see you know, to learn from what I did, just like Kobe Bryant watching the videos, you know, it's like, it's like you, you want to experience it to see, oh, I could have pushed more there. I could have pushed more here. Next time I'm going to, I'm going to attempt to do that and just see where that takes me, see what musical, you know, what new river opens yeah. up, you know, through that exploration. So that's something that I'm, I'm really, um, always trying to bring more presence to is pushing hard on the, on, the, on the musical, not just the physical athleticism of it, but, um, but the, the emotion behind it and where can I really keep pushing those boundaries. So I'm, I'm always trying to expand that more and more, for sure. And then you shared with me that you, so you have a, a I don't know, is it your piano teacher? Is it, yeah. That's what you call him, right? He's a yeah, teacher. Yeah, my coach, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. piano teacher, coach. Um, yeah. And it's funny when I when you when we when you think piano teacher you think of a little kid right yeah totally and like what adult is a piano teacher <laughs> yeah. but this is your profession this right. is what you do you are a per and and yeah from everything I've come to know about you it's like you want to be the best at at what you're creating and what you're doing yeah how do you because a lot of people wouldn't like hey you're already up there you're pushing yourself mm -hmm. what's the purpose of having you know yeah. somebody else what do you see. I mean, for me, it's all about maximizing your own potential, right? So I'm trying to maximize my own potential. So even when you say like being the best, I'm not trying to be the best compared to anything. Yeah. I'm trying to be the best at my own potential. Mm -hmm. So I'm in competition with myself, really, is how I frame it, how I think about it. So I'm like, I know what I'm capable of. Or what am I capable of? How, like, like, what am I capable of? And as you increase, whether it's skill level or emotional IQ, right, all these things, you start to realize, oh, wait, I'm getting higher now. I see the horizons even further now. Like you, the higher you get, the horizon, you can see further on the horizon, meaning you see further of where you can go. I think of it always like stretch its bandwidth. Yeah. So as you increase your bandwidth, all of a sudden you're like, wait, I can increase my bandwidth that's more right. and more and more. And that's why it's a never ending journey. Mm -hmm. There's no end to this. Yeah. Music especially. Um, it's not like sports where you're really tied to your physical body, right? I mean, you have your peak. I mean, you can keep playing sports and, you know, but your peak is going to be at a certain age. With music, it's less that, you know, people, there's, you, know, you can play till the end of life um, very, very well. So it's a never-ending journey of complexity, of discovery. Um, there's always something new to find in the music. So I've picked something that has a never-ending abyss to it, um, that I'll always have discovery, and I will die incomplete. And <laughs> there's a beauty yeah. to that, yeah. you know? I, I will die with things I've always wanted to do, and that's the nature of it, yeah. and that's the nature of it. Um, but in terms of, like, that idea of, move, of reaching my potential, to do that, I realized I, I needed some help to do that. Mm -hmm. I, I like collaborating. So I actually went and found my original piano teacher when I was younger, who taught me uh, in New York, and he was living in Munich. Not your child, let's clarify. Not, not my child, not your child. As a young adult, <laughs> as a young adult who really taught me, you know. Yeah. And, 
And uh, yeah, those were like these, like <laughs> those those classical strict Russian ruler <laughs> teachers. You know, like I was like, I didn't want to find her. <laughs> so um, so I, I found he was living in Munich at the time. Uh, he's from uh, Italy, living in Munich and teaching there privately. And I went to visit him, spent a few days, and we st- we just kind of reconnected instantly. And we decided that he was going to then move to Los Angeles to here in beautiful LA. And so uh, he then like sold all his stuff, packed his music scores in boxes, shipped them here, and he actually moved into my guest room. And we have been training since I started this project for two to three hours a day because it's about pushing the envelope. I looked at it like a, like a professional athlete looks at their career, right? You mentioned Kobe Bryant. Roger Federer, you name it, they all have full-time coaches. Full-time coaches. They're the best in the world. What do they need a full-time coach for? That's why they're the best in the world, you know. So I said, why shouldn't I look at myself like a musical athlete, right? And have someone objectively saying, try this, try that. You know what? Let's train on this technique because it'll help you with something you're, I see you're trying to do in your music. So he listens to my recordings and he's like, or, or at the live performances, and he's like, okay, you know what? If we play this Chopin piece, it'll give you a certain technique that'll help you in something you're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. Or some Bach, which will give you some more facility with multiple voices and different things going on here. So that's what we've been doing. So when we, so cool. when we train, yeah. it's like going to the gym. But mm-hmm. for a pianist so we're playing Chopin and Bach and Beethoven and all that and I'm not playing those publicly but I'm playing those because those are my calisthenics those are my you know that's my CrossFit workout and what my guess is he can see like any good coach where you stop yeah that that whether it be playing someone else's or yours that they're that that edge yeah that and, you're riding on, that he goes, no, there's more you can get out of that. And not just that, not just physically, but yeah. he sees my mental state, yeah. right? Coaches, good coaches see your mental state. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what's going on? He got me to quit coffee. Now, what does coffee have anything to do with playing the piano? Like, whatever, go get a cappuccino. Yeah. But I would show up to our sessions, you know, classic, with a busy day and coming in with, a, you know, with my yeah. iced uh, uh, latte, you know, and I'd be sipping it the whole three-hour session. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he said, I wonder what your playing would be like if you weren't on caffeine. And I was like, fair point. Mm-hmm. All you had to say was that. Like, if I sense that I can improve my playing by 1% yeah. by quitting caffeine, done. Sure. I quit cold turkey. This was 11 months ago. Okay. And my playing improved. Wow. Because the calmer you are, the more grounded you are. Mm-hmm. The better, the better you play the piano. Well, and I, I mean, it has to, and this, I would never have thought this, I mean, as you say it, but now it's like, what you're creating is being. Yeah. And coffee has altered your being. Yeah, it's taking you out of it, right? It's, or, it's, or, or amplifies yeah. it in a way that's not actually it's not, natural. Right. It's not a, a natural right. state. It's funny, we, we got, we, well, we went to coffee, but we didn't get coffee. Right. And I actually had this thought of, I was going to get a coffee, right. and I went, I don't need any more. Right. I don't need to be any more jumpy. Like yeah. I, I got what I, yeah. um, but yeah, it alters. It's, it's, it's very cool that not only right. that he would put it out there, but that you're open enough as a professional, as right. someone who's doing great to go that you're open to see it and absorb it. Cause so yeah. many of us, especially people that are doing really well, won't take right. feedback, won't take advice. Yeah. Won't. You're like, I know what I'm doing. Look at me. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. It's, it's always have that humility, that beginner's mind. You know, I love that notion of like, 
like how innocently can I approach something and you know, how much of a beginner's mind can I have with something that I maybe know a lot about, right? And always be open to that. And if, if you can do that, if, if you can be in that state and learn something, it's constant evolution and growth and you truly will be the best at what you do. It's, it's remarkable. Again, it's like we said earlier, how do I get out of my own way? And that's what this is about. I sit down there and I'm like, how do I just get out of my own way and show up in the biggest way possible? It's always us in our own way. If there's something that's not happening in our lives, we're doing something to contribute to it. Ninety <laughs> yeah, yeah. percent, almost all the time. So, you everything you're doing impacts. Like, I mean, you're you're make, creating an impact in your own life, mm-hmm. right? Like everything that you're being pushing yourself to is impacting you, which in turn impacts the people around you. Then you're playing for people that you know. Just two minutes for me has an impact. Yeah. Shifts who I'm being. I feel it. I get an experience. Then I get to go take that and share that. Um, and you're doing this all the time. Mm-hmm. What's the big vision? The, mm-hmm. what's, the, the, what's the impact that you want to make in the world? You know, I think for each of us, it's about how do I, how do I get myself to be the best version of myself? Once I'm that, once I'm achieving my potential to the best of my ability or on that journey or on that path, then I have the potential to impact those around me mm-hmm. in a positive way. And that ripples out, that dominoes out. And once you, you have that machine going, then you're making a positive difference in the world, right? It's like that butterfly effect, mm-hmm. right? And it, it's not about some big grand movement. It's, it's like, just start with yourself. Affect those in your life. They affect those in their life. And boom, it goes. And that's, that's what I'm aspiring to do is if I can sit and play yeah. and I can inspire someone to go back to their life after the concert, and maybe they make a career change. Maybe they pick up the guitar because they always wanted to learn the guitar. Maybe they start to learn French because they said they always had a dream to learn French. Maybe they tell that, uh, that person in their lives that they love them and they never said it. Whatever it is, they take that step to break through that fear, get out of their own way for a moment yeah. and just express, self-express what they want to do, what, what they want to say, what they want to do. Now they're affecting those in their lives. So that people I've never met who have never been to a mind travel, because I can't reach everyone with it. I wish I could, maybe. but maybe, maybe <laughs> one day, uh, maybe through your podcast, they will. But, <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, it's about that creating that domino effect so we can affect real change in the world. We're, I think we're all trying to tip the world in our own, you know, in our own direction, right? Like, like I have a view of the world that I want to see. I'm trying to impact it in my way. Yeah. You're trying to impact it in your way. Now we have, happen to have a lot of similarities in how we see the world mm-hmm. and the impact we want to have. So, you know, together we're able to do it and amplify that even more. But I think all of us, and big, a big part of that is having, get, get, you know, getting people to be more self-expressed and pursuing their dreams. So I think the broader message beyond just the music and mind travel of my life, if you look at everything I've done in my life, is how do you lead a life where when you look back, at the end of it and we'll all have an end of it at some point sooner later we'll all have an end of it we look back in that moment and we say wow i led a life where none of my dreams were left behind on the field of life so a true life where no dream is left behind and that's a theme as a mantra i lead and live with myself so that i look back i think of like my deathbed and not in a morbid way just in a realistic way like There'll be a moment where I'm like, 
okay, this is it. And, you know, you know, and I'll be like, I hope it's just like that. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, cool. Right. This is it. <laughs> All right, it's been a good run. So, and, and I look back and I say, wow, like I'm sad to leave, but I'm really proud of what I did. I'm really, yeah. I look at the lives I impacted. I look at what I created, right? And I led a life where no dream was left behind. And that's what I want to be able to say. And if I can impact others, inspire others so that they could say the same thing, I'll feel good. It's, you know, I, I know you to be generous because of the shows you put on. So many of them are free. Mm -hmm. um, I share what you do all the time and I've had friends in different places go. And then one of the first things they say is, wait, this is free? Mm -hmm. and, I, and I don't always know. I just say, you know, go to this thing. Right. And even when they're not free, they're at a price that right. pretty much anyone that, at least anyone that's listening to my podcast can right. probably pay right. for. Um, and I think you even do like a, hey, if you can't afford this. Pay what you can. We always do pay yeah. what you can. Yeah. And so I knew there was, a, there was a huge aspect of generosity because it's just part of who, who your business model, I want to say. But hearing your your um like your motivation right there's just generosity in it too mm -hmm. um it's really it's it's a theme of today i actually had a client this morning and what we talked about was it's not about us mm -hmm. that what she's up to yeah. in the world which is actually music related right is when she's like on her game it's not about her right it's about the way that people feel and the, what it means yeah. for them um, well and it's and it's true when you think about even the construct of this like I'm not saying come watch Murray Hittery play. Like we don't say that. <laughs> it's come experience mind travel. Yeah. And that I did from the first moment. That was from concert one. Mm -hmm. I did that because it was purposeful. It was intentional. It was to say, you're not coming to see me for me to impress you. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to entertain you. Yeah. It may be entertaining. It may be impressive. But I'm, that's not what I'm trying to do. You go to a lot of concerts, especially a big classical concert, you see a virtuoso play, or you go, you know, even see whatever, pop, rock. You're going to see... It's a show. It's a show. You're going to, going to be entertained. They're going to impress you. They're going to take, you know, they're going to entertain you in that way. I'm not interested in that in the sense that I really want to move you. Yeah. So I want you to have an experience. And the experience is a third thing. There's me, there's you, and there's this experience. Mm -hmm. And I'd like you to have that. And I'm going to do my best to facilitate and drive this train so that you're on the train with me and we're having this experience together. And I think that's a different shift. It's a shift in the relationship between a performer and audience, an entertainer and audience. Yeah. Two, right, that's the old model, to someone who is kind of inspiring a participant, right? We're participating together. And I'm facilitating it. Yeah. Someone's gotta facilitate it, so I'm facilitating it, I'm the one playing but we're all participating together. So it's shift from entertainer, right? And a shift from audience to participant. So that's a big, um, I think, shift from the beginning of how I approached it. It reminds me a lot of, there's a, um, I don't know her last name, but she's, she's this 88-year-old woman in San Diego named Millie, and she runs this spiritual, this very, very spiritual-driven church. And she talks about the energy work that they do. Right. And she says, anybody, and this is clearly her opinion, but it's a beautiful statement. She goes, no one should ever charge you for this. And which seems odd. What do you mean? This is a skill. You've developed right. this. And she goes, it's not mine to charge. Right. It's, I'm taking it from, right. and 
there's nothing wrong with charging, right? We all have to make a This is the world we live in. But that's what I'm hearing in, in what you're saying. It's like you are facilitating something that's almost bigger than you. Yeah. The music is bigger than you. It's like coming. That was the experience I've always had with everything you do is it's like it comes through you. And you happen to be the conduit that, that gives it to us. Mm-hmm. But that's the magic of it. There's this. You know, there's something I call in the in the talks I do before the concert, which you've experienced. You know, you'll hear me talk about the hidden universe, right? This this hidden experience, it, meaning it's hidden from everyday mm-hmm. our everyday senses, our five senses. This is experience we can have. It's even in that you know we tasted just a bit of it right after I played for three minutes. There was there was something that was hidden that we surfaced, that we were able to feel afterwards. It's hard to articulate it, but you can certainly feel it. And so that's what I'm trying to unmask. I'm trying to uncover that hidden universe. And it's, it's, to me, it's just as real. It's just not as obvious yeah. from our sense of sight and hearing and sound you know, and taste and all of our, all of our typical senses. Um, but this is about how do I facilitate you know, some people will call it like, you know, I've had people, you know, quote, um, do reviews and call me like a musical shaman or something like that. Like, like I, I'm not into all that, but it's like, it's like, but, but how are you facilitating yeah. drawing out something that's hidden to be something that could be visible or experienced? Right. And, uh, you know, that's very interesting to me, uh, is how we, we uncover the hidden aspects of what's around us. And somehow it actually, I mean, you shared a story with me earlier, but it connects with people from all different walks of life, all over the world. The people I've brought, you know, when I first started coming, I I had, this is a spiritual experience. So the person that I brought with me was someone who was very spiritual. And then the people I've brought with me since are not very spiritual. And I've, people I've sent to see you are not always that spiritual. And they always have a similar Right. Impact and you shared, you know, yeah. somebody who was yeah. much older had kind of a yeah. profound impact. It's incredible. Um, I've had in audiences in the same theater or in the same uh, concert. I've had you know families with little kids mm-hmm. where you have five, eight year olds, you know, yeah. kind I've of seen. experiencing it and their imaginations go wild. And some of them are you know drawing, you know, sitting at the beach with the headphones on and <laughs> and they're drawing or playing in the sand and and it's a soundtrack to imagination. Then I've had 96-year-olds, you know, 100-year-olds come up to me afterwards and with those, you know, those faces that, that, that speak of a lifetime, right, of experience. And they look into my eyes with that depth, that penetrating depth. And they're just, they just tell me that, like, you'll never know what this did for me. Um, I saw my whole life before me. I was like, like, that's so humbling. I was like, whoa. And everything in between and every, you know, race and color and age and country. It's just, it's remarkable because it's, it's, it's representing the human experience. And it's an abstraction of the human subconscious storytelling. And we all have the same story. And I think that's what's happening. We all have different details, but the same human arc of a story. We all are born, we all die, and have similar experiences in between with different names and different places and different times. And my first kiss was, you know, in Brooklyn and yours was, you know, here. And it's all different details, but we all have the same milestones generally. Well, I think ultimately we all kind of want the same yeah. thing in the sense of we all want love, we all want connection. Absolutely. We all want, like, our families to be safe, the people around right. us to be, like, there's, there's some big generalities about all human beings that run across the board. What's the, 
and, and by the way, you mentioned s- spiritual experience. Uh, the, we, we label people as being spiritual or non-spiritual yeah. in the same way that we label people as being creative or non-creative. Like, oh, he, Murray's super creative. He's creative. He's an artist. Great. Uh, I'm not creative. But I view everyone as creative. I view everyone as spiritual. Everyone is spiritual to me. I, I think you'll, you'll love this. So I use, when I have uh, clients that aren't creative, I... I, I actually, I totally agree with you. Everyone yeah. is spiritual. Every, we're not all tapped into these things. Right. But when I have a client who's like, I'm not creative, and they're just right. hammered down on that. And I always think I'll, I'll present them with the picture of, God, you know, it's, it's always cool when you walk into a kindergarten classroom and the teacher's like, right. it's time to finger paint. And the one kid goes, right. I'm not creative. Uh, I don't, I'm I sorry, don't, I don't do that. Paint. I, don't, I learned to leave it. I don't do that. There's never that kid, right? <laughs> no. so Everybody does it. At some point, someone probably told that kid, uh, you know, they got the wrong message. Like someone told them, made fun of their art or something like that, and then they never touched it again, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then boom, they weren't creative, and then, you know, they became, a, you know, a lawyer or yeah. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what happens. Nothing against lawyers. <laughs> lawyers are great. We need lawyers. <laughs> Nature needs a lawyer right absolutely, now. Absolutely. Absolutely. We need uh, creative lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, from where you are, because you've got a long journey ahead of you, you have a ton to create. What's the thing right now that, like, if you could, if you could give a, a gift to people that hear this, mm-hmm. what's that gift that you, from, from where you are right now that you would want them to, to oh, leave well. with and part with them? I think for me it would be uh, I'd like to say, make space. Make space. Because of technology, and I come from technology, like I you know, was in that world for so long. Make space. Our worlds today are so packed. Technology allows us to stack more in each calendar day. We are subdividing our hour meetings into 15-minute meetings. We're multitasking. We're squeezing stuff in. We're using, you know, the shared economy. We're getting stuff postmated. You know, we're Instacarting. We're uh, everything's delivered. We're, we're so efficient. We're hyper efficient. Yeah. We're doing so much more today, and that's good. And that's great that we're so productive. But that also means that we're not having those times of the day that are empty. And I purposely schedule slots in my calendar that say no meeting, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. like put that in there, like block it off. And for me, it's extra time in the morning of just staring at the ceiling. You don't have to have a meditation yeah. practice and sit and meditate. You want to do that? Great. Do that. But just stare at the wall, stare at the ceiling, create empty space because magic happens in empty space. That's where new stuff comes in, not stuff that you're inserting. Mm-hmm. And so I just would encourage people. I've seen the gift that empty space creates. That's where creation happens. Creation happens through, a, you have to create a canvas through which if, if everything's all colored and all done all the time, where are you going to create your own art, the art of life? So have a white canvas I mean, space throughout your day. That's what I would recommend. I, I just spent three weeks in Italy and Croatia and that was the big lesson I took away was I actually want to start practicing slowing down. Yeah. And we already live on the West Coast. It's already slower. Right. But the, what I noticed was when I was sitting, especially in Croatia, I would sit and have coffee for three hours by myself right. Right. with no phone because I, I was, right. it wasn't connected to anything, no book. Right. And I would just stare and watch people. And it's weird that one tiny little cup of coffee would last, last that but long. It, but it would. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but I, it's so cool that you say that, the, the, the blocks, because I came back and it was one of my first goals. So I just recently put in, I put an hour block. I'm, I haven't got it in every day yet. I'm still mm-hmm. trying. But uh, it's called Unplugged. 
Perfect. For like trying to get an hour Monday through Friday Perfect. and even bigger gaps on the weekend. But to your point, I think, yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be, we get caught up in the like, it has to be meditation or it has to be yoga. No, that's just and more inserting. Be. Yeah. That's just, that's just more dictating what the experience mm. is going to be. Yeah. And it, it seems positive. But it's also you're, you're, you're dictating what the experience must be like. Mm-hmm. What if you didn't know what it was going to be like? It's just Sad, empty space. Yeah. Don't try to fill it with anything. See what emerges. Yeah. Um, there's a real wonder to that. Absolutely wonder to That's that. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for that. What, well, here, what's your, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, some quick rapid fire questions. Um, who inspires you? Wow. Living, living dead, it doesn't, you know. I mean, ultimately my greatest inspiration is nature. And I try to take every lesson from nature. Um, in, in terms of people, it's, it's, you know, it's the greats. It's looking at um, someone like Bach and saying, how did a mind like that, you know, balance creativity, art, beauty, and the intellectual, the mathematical side. His music balances both perfectly. So I look at someone like Bach or da Vinci who who were able to balance both sides of that, of the right brain, left brain. And that's really how I like to think is those two sides of ourselves. So they're both wonderful inspirations for me. And I would say Einstein as well, just in terms of his ability to see the world that we all thought was, was like fixed. Like Newtonian physics was like locked in. We knew how the whole universe worked, (laughs) like check mark, move on to the next thing, like nothing more to explore. And all of a sudden he was like, well, actually, what if (laughs) space time was, you know, and all of a sudden we see the universe completely differently. One person with one thought experiment change the whole world. So that's just inspiring to me. And he did it through empty space. He didn't do it sitting, writing equations till his, you know, till all hours of the night. Equations were only after. The math was only after he had the thought to prove the thought. But he needed to create empty space to prove the thought. And you know what he did to do that? Music. He sat and played the violin. He was an amateur violinist. He would sit and just play the violin to clear space. So he was truly the first mind traveler. Now that I think about it, I just realized that right now. He was the first mind traveler, right? He would use music to just get, create space, and he would have these thought experiments. What if you were on a train and, you know, you were shining a flashlight, and and all of a sudden he comes up with special relativity, 1905, and boom, the world has changed. So, yeah. When you're not, I mean, you're so dedicated to what you do. I actually got to see where all your storage units yeah, were. Yeah, yeah, my whole operation. <laughs> you're so dedicated. When you're not, when you like shut it down, what, what are you doing? Like, how do you, how do you actually shut down? Uh, nature. So I go out to nature uh, or I go um, hang out with friends, um, even just to watch a movie or something like that. Just so just interacting socially with good friends, dear friends is such a healthy thing to do. Um, and everyone can do that obviously yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and then getting to nature. So I'll be heading to the Colorado mountains in a couple of days and I just like to hike and just disappear and get that energy from nature. You know, we were talking earlier, you know, about, you know, that our busy lives and making space, you know, the way we typically approach it is I'm going to work hard, 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 hard. And then I'm going to go take, you know, five day long weekend, you know, at a spa, you know, it's, it's this, um, this binary schizophrenic relationship, right. Mm -hmm. With making space, right. Work hard, work hard. And then totally like, you know, vacate it all. What if it was more fluid? What if it was more fluid where in every single day, you know, you had 
that vacation, that space, that time. Now you don't need to take such a hardcore vacation after such a hardcore work experience. Um, because I don't, you know, the whole notion of work-life balance that everyone talks about, it's like that's necessary when you're so off kilter. Yeah. But if everything's more fluid, where work 12 hours a day, I, I work 12 hours a day, I have no issue with that. But within that, you're finding ways to rejuvenate and to ignite your energy and give yourself creative space. So yeah, that's how I, that's how I try to approach it. God, there was something, sorry, like I was, I had something and then I, I was like fell into where you Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's the, uh, when you get stuck, because we all get, everyone mm -hmm. gets stuck. What's the thing that, whether it be creatively stuck, when you feel your business is stuck, yeah. emotionally stuck, is there a thing outside of mind travel? Because I'm sure that's part of it. Right. But that you do to kind of get unstuck, free yourself up? Or is it? For me, I find uh, two things uh, are helpful. Because uh, being stuck means you're just, you're, usually you're so close to the problem that you, you almost can't see it objectively anymore. So there's two things I do. One is I truly do sleep on it. Like I have to just disengage from it. Mm -hmm. So instead of trying to, I try to disengage from it, sleep on it and let my subconscious do the work and then come back fresh, whether it's a nap or whether it's an overnight. The other thing I do is truly get out and I, I will go for a hike, you know, by myself in the mountains or just go for a walk. If you're in a city, go for an hour walk, just clear the head, not I'm going to go for an hour walk and listen to a certain podcast and listen to it, you know, not again, don't fill that space with like <laughs> productivity, like, you know, it's okay. Just, just be, just be with it yourself and create space for an hour. And I, I promise you, you come back to the keyboard, to your email, to your, whatever you're working on. And there's a freshness to it, fresh perspective to it. Usually the answers come from something else. You'll be on that walk and you'll see, you know, Something, some sign, something that will trigger something. That's what your mind is looking for. Something fresh to connect the dots with. That's the way the brain works. People want to, or when people, because they will, that don't know about mind travel, yeah. want to find out about it, see it. What are the best ways to you know, find out about your shows? And yeah, so I mean, we make it really simple. So mindtravel.com. Um, has kind of an overview and our full schedule of events. Um, and then on Instagram, it's my name at Murray Hittery. Okay. Um, and also on Twitter. So at Murray Hittery. So they can, they can find us there. Um, and you know, we always have events in different cities and, you know, definitely come hang with us and have the experience. Um, I certainly do encourage people to try to attend live yeah. as you know, whatever the experience is, whether it's at a beach, at a park, in a theater, the new silent hikes that we're doing, um, or the underwater, like we have all these different formats, but having your first experience be live and in person, because then you're really connecting with the work and with everyone there. So yeah. it's a different, I mean, I have, I have your, your audio, the, the yeah. MP3s. Yeah. Um, and they're powerful, yeah. but it is a different because you don't get the whole experience. You're mm -hmm. not getting, right. it, it's just then the music. Which is great yeah. to follow up with. And then, yeah. 
and then use it in your life, like mm-hmm. you were saying, you use it to as you're writing, as you're doing creative work, as the because it keeps you in the zone. Yeah. Um, there's one of the one of the tracks it's on almost there. Almost the empty space for me. It kind of it creates, creates the canvas. Space, yeah. it, it really does open up that white yeah. space uh, for anything to happen. So there's there's a track called Focus on that mm-hmm. uh, in that product, and you just put that on, and everyone tells me they just like are cranking mm-hmm. away because it just keeps your brain in that focused yeah. mode. So yeah, yeah, definitely use the recordings as a way to include yeah. in your life after for meditation. There's sleep ones, there's work ones, focus. Um, but in terms of the impact, the emotional impact, um, definitely come, come to a live one for sure. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I just have a lot of gratitude. I have, a, I have a lot of gratitude for this, for you taking the time to sit down with me. Yeah, absolutely. For, for you to share with everybody that's listening or watching. Uh, I have gratitude for what you do and you create because it's, it is magic and it's, there's not even words to express how powerful it is in the impact. Like mm-hmm. the ripples are so like it, it shifts us in a moment. And, and again, later when we, when we think back to it and I mean, I feel it like I, you know, and I know you do too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just, it's, it's, there's not, I think there's so much so much amazing things in this world, but you're somebody who's creating something on it every day and you're setting an example, which is, I think even more powerful Mm -hmm. on like the, what's behind what you're doing is, is more powerful than what you're even doing. Mm. So thanks for doing that. Thanks for, thanks for, thanks for inviting us to be with you on the journey because it's really special. That means a lot. A lot goes into this. It's not just me. I have a whole team that supports me and doing these live events, you know, we'll have eight, 10 members of my team produce this magic for Mm -hmm. people. So it's, uh, it's really a group effort. It's a team effort. Everything goes towards that. And not only doing those live events, but now we're also bringing it, uh, to communities in need. So we're bringing it to, I brought it to the first senior center a month ago where I showed up at a senior center where these people are living there permanently. They're they're mostly, they're immobile. They're bedridden. They can't really move. They're, you know, they're super senior. And um, it's because they couldn't get out, we actually came into their rooms, put headphones on them. They can't leave their bed. They can't leave their room. And I played in the courtyard and they can all hear it in their rooms without having to leave, just looking through the window. I mean, it just ripped my heart out. And you can see their tears. You know, a 90-something-year-old guy who just, he couldn't leave his bed. And he's tearing and opening up. And he's just like, thank you so much. So we want to bring it to those communities. And we, of course, we do that for free. And we, you know, we, yeah. we do it as part of our outreach. Um, also, adolescents, you know, uh, kids who are having trouble, they have some mental illness, they're going through depression, uh, addiction. So we're bringing it to those kids as well. So it's about using this work in as positive a way as we can. Look, we all need that help in our everyday lives. We all have some form of mental illness in our society and then others have just more extreme versions of that and so we want to bring it really to everyone those in those who who can afford it those who can't and just keep spreading the work wow so as as you were sharing that i was just thinking i was like man that would have been really cool to do with my grandparents when they were around like what's what's great is it's something anybody can do right we can't all go play basketball right and we can't all i mean look we all can paint but it's different it actually requires whereas this is just a being with it's just a being with yeah yeah thanks again so much thank you i really appreciate the conversation it was great 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dream Mason Podcast. Please subscribe to the Dream Mason Podcast so you don't miss an episode. Share it with a friend and give us a review on iTunes. I am grateful to have had you here. If you want more, you can follow or reach out to me, Alex Terranova, on Instagram at inspirationalalex or at thedreammason.com or email me at alex at thedreammason.com. And remember, you are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves. Dreams don't stick by themselves. Dreams stick by themselves.